Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett. So glad that you are joining us today for the broadcast. And today I am talking to you about a very important subject. I'm calling it Audacious Prayer. So thank you so much for joining us today for the broadcast. And I want you to know that Daniel finds himself in the Old Testament in a very precarious position. And now Daniel is sold into captivity with the Babylonians. And we learned that his nation was going to be exiled for 70 years. Now, the reason they were going to be exiled for 70 years is because they were neglecting the Sabbath year for 490 years. Uh, They were worshiping false gods, and so God finally said, enough is enough. And I want you to know something about prayer. A prayerful church is a powerful church. God does nothing but answer prayer. Daniel recognized that he needed to continue on with his prayer life, even though he was in captivity. So we can learn how Daniel prayed through his difficult time and how he was given the reason for his captivity and the reason that his nation was in captivity as he prayed. So this broadcast, we're going to follow through and we're going to look at Daniel's prayer. Uh, We're going to look that he is not only given an understanding of the past, but he's also given a glimpse of the future. So as we pick up the story in Daniel chapter 10, we are near the end of the Babylonian captivity. Many of the Israelites are going home. Some are not, as they have been too comfortable in Babylon, and so they decided to stay there in Babylon. But Daniel is now an old man. I mean, he's well into his 80s, and he's incapable because of his age to even go back to home. But he continues to pray for his nation. Not convinced that total repentance had taken place within his nation, he continues to pray, and he diligently begins to seek the Scriptures for answers. Here's the first way that we pray audaciously. Number one, pray intensely for wisdom. Daniel chapter 10, verses 1 through 3 says, In the third year, Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation is given to Daniel. It's a message that was true and concerned a great war. The understanding of this message came to him in a vision. Now, Daniel's home is still in Babylon, but his heart is in Canaan with his Jewish family. He experiences this end of captivity during this time, and and Daniel is given a vision. And so he prays for wisdom. He wants to understand his vision. In order to completely understand what God is doing, Daniel feasts on the Word of God. So instead of telling God what you're doing, why don't you ask God what He is doing? So there's a time to feast in the Word of God. As you are praying intensely for wisdom, feast on the Word of God. Let's look at verse number one again. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel. And it's a message that was true. It concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. Listen, when God gives us a vision for what he's about to do, We must feast on the Word of God, and that's exactly what Daniel does. He begins to search the Scriptures, and he discovers that they are at the end of their captivity. There's something else that he did. Not only did he feast on the Word, but he had a time of fasting from the world. Verses 2 and 3, it says, At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks, 21 days. I had no choice food, no meat. No wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at that time until the three weeks were over. You know, fasting in the scriptures is given as a prescribed ritual 
and it's given to us, and it's not some kind of a spiritual lever designed to force God's hand. True fasting brings about a spiritual burden. It brings us broken before God. Uh, We are driven by a need that is so intense that it takes our appetite away. As we look at fasting, this gives us an opportunity to look at the brokenness within our lives. And it gives us an appetite for spiritual things. You know, when you go through a grieving process, I, I remember when my dad passed away. It's been over 20 years ago since my dad passed. And, and I remember my mom going through a, a grieving process and, and she just lost her appetite. She lost weight. And, and, uh, and, and for several weeks, she just lost her appetite. Now, she wasn't grieving without hope. Uh, she was grieving because she lost uh, somebody that was her soulmate, and and uh, and so she lost her appetite in the grieving process. And and so when you think about a time to fast from the world, when you become overwhelmed with the wickedness of a culture and maybe the uh, uh, the evil that is happening, maybe within your own home, and that's a great time to fast. And Jesus talked a lot about fasting. As a matter of fact, in Matthew chapter six, well, Jesus is giving the Sermon on the Mount. He says. When you fast, he doesn't say if you fast, but he says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. This is what they do. They disfigure their faces, right? Uh, They show others they are fasting. You ever see anybody that that has, my wife would call it their Britney face, right? And I get that sorrowful, like, woe is me, I'm fasting. Well, Jesus says, well, I'll tell you something, they have their reward in full. But then he says, when you fast. Put oil on your head, wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret, He will reward you. Now, Daniel was so moved by the vision that it broke his heart. He knew that something was missing. He knew that his friends were not going back to Jerusalem. Daniel, as I said earlier, is very old and And he has this consuming desire to intercede for his people. He wants to know what God has to say. So he waits to see clearly this vision, and and he refuses to eat. He refuses to have wine. Uh, He refuses the things that are at his disposal. And Daniel is, is not here doing a complete fast from food, but is choosing to eat a restricted diet of vegetables and, and even giving up personal grooming. And, and some refer to this as the Daniel fast, which I highly recommend to you. So Daniel was not doing this for selfish reasons. Roughly 42,000 Jews returned to Jerusalem with Zerubbabel and Joshua. Daniel didn't want his people to forget their job. Their job was to share the news of the coming Messiah. He wanted them to remember they had a task to accomplish. He didn't want the people to stop worshiping in the temple because if they stopped worshiping, they would stop sharing. And when the hard times came again, uh, they would not be able to endure. Maybe Daniel heard about what Ezra reminded him as he was reading in, in Ezra chapter 4. We, we're not sure exactly all what was happening, but Daniel is fasting. And as a result of that fasting and praying, uh, he's feasting on the word and he's given wisdom as to the direction of his nation. Now, there's something else that happens when we have audacious prayer. We experience consistently the Savior. Now, how do I do what God has called me to do? Well, if you're experiencing this consistent relationship with the Lord, uh, you learn to be at the right place at the right time. In other words, I'm going to show up where I know God's going to show up. 
In verse number four, it says that on the 24th day of the first month, Daniel was standing on the brink of the great river, the Tigris. Daniel is moved to where God wanted him to be. Daniel was carrying out some type of business, and and he didn't let that deter him from being where the Lord wanted him to be. And at this particular time, Passover is only 10 days away. And so Daniel is going to be at the right place at the right time to hear a word from the Lord. Number two, we see that Daniel completely emptied himself. Uh, Let's look at the story at a deeper detail, okay? It, It says, I looked up, and Daniel says, there before me was a man dressed in linen, and he had a belt of fine gold around his waist. His body was like topaz. His face was like lightning. His eyes were like flaming torches. His arms and his legs, uh, the gleam of burnished brass. And his voice was like the sound of a multitude. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me didn't see it. But such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and they hid themselves. So I left alone, gazing at this great vision. In this last little phrase, listen to this last little phrase. Daniel said, I had no strength left. My face turned pale and I was helpless as I was reading the last part of the passage. As you look at this, right? Reading that passage, when I wrote this sermon, I was sitting in a library in Richmond, Virginia, and I cross-referenced what Daniel said with Acts 9-7, and it says that the men that were traveling with Saul were speechless They heard the sound, but they didn't see anybody. The same thing happened to Paul, who was Saul, as has happened to Daniel. No strength left in him. His face is turned pale, and he feels helpless. Oh, Daniel understood. He had to be completely empty of himself. He had to be at the right place at the right time. Listen, some of you are going to miss a message from the Lord because you're going to miss church this weekend. And God's going to show up with a special message for you, but you're not going to be at the right place at the right time. Oh, you're going to get a message, but it's going to be a message that's going to be a conflicted message because you're not in the right place at the right time. Some of you are going to miss a message God has for you because you're so full of yourself that you're not emptying yourself. Listen, God can't fill a person that's filled with themselves. We must empty ourselves if we're going to hear the full message of the Lord. And then we see that Daniel listened intently. Fill yourself with God's message. Verse 9, Daniel said, Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep. My face fell to the ground. Daniel fell asleep meditating on the Word. Now, don't fall asleep meditating on the television, meditating on social media. Fall asleep meditating on the Word. Listen intently to the message that God has for you, and then you can fall asleep at peace because you've heard from the Lord. And then we learned something else that Daniel did. Now that he's got the message, he followed through completely. Look at verses 10 through 11. Daniel says, man, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you are highly esteemed. Oh, that's a great word, esteemed. It means you are my precious one. Daniel, you are highly esteemed. Consider carefully the words that I'm about to speak to you and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood trembling. Now that angel is telling me, stand up, Daniel. As you hear this message, you're going to follow through with this message. Now, 
as we pray fervently for things. We must begin our times of prayer praying intensely for wisdom. Uh, Number two, we must experience consistency uh, within our relationship with the Savior, being at the right place at the right time, listening intently, emptying ourselves so that we can have the message given to us. And after we've listened to it, we must follow through completely. And then number three, when we have prayers answered, we must expect delays. They're intentional delays. They always have a purpose. In Luke chapter 18, we are told, and and Jesus says, you know what? You ought always to pray and not give up. Now, delay in prayer is inevitable. God hears, but he often delays. Why? I mean, three weeks it took for Daniel to get a response. 21 days of praying and fasting, and finally, three weeks later, he gets a response. Well, I looked at Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 through 10, and we get a hint as to where and why this delay took place. Revelation 12, 7 says, War broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, so they lost their place in heaven. That great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray, he was hurled to here and his angels with him. So here we discover that even Michael the angel was delayed. You see, delays oftentimes reveal our weaknesses. Michael the archangel had to realize that he was not invincible. He was not God. He was an angel of God, a high-ranking angel of God, but even Satan could delay Michael. You see, delays often reveal our weakness. Let's go back to the story of weakness, right? Daniel said, when he was saying this to me, I bowed down my face toward the ground and I was speechless. And then one who looked like a man touched my lips and and he opened up my mouth and he began to speak. And I, I said to the one standing before him, I am overcome with anguish because of the vision. My Lord and I feel very weak. How can I? Your servant, talk with you, my Lord. My strength is gone and I can hardly breathe. The angel wakes up Daniel with a touch and and, and says, okay, here is your weakness. You are very weak as you're standing before the Lord. And Daniel recognized that he had some business to do with the Lord. You know, when Isaiah was woken up, Isaiah says, woe to me. He says, I cried out to the Lord and, and he says, I am ruined. For I am a a man of unclean lips, and I I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King and the Lord Almighty. There's a delay there because he saw who God was. And he cried out to the Lord and says, I'm ruined. God also sometimes delays to reveal our weaknesses, but sometimes his delays are designed to remove our weaknesses. Well, let's drop down to verses 18 to 19. And Daniel is, again, recording what has happened in this time of prayer, in this, in this delay. And, and again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength and said, Do not be afraid, for you are highly esteemed, he said. Peace, be strong. Be strong now. And when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and I said, Speak, my Lord, since you have given me strength. You see, we are so quick to put God on a timetable. 
as we struggle with our weaknesses. And sometimes God delays to remove this weakness, and we have what I would call an aha moment. The aha moment is revealed. The angel says, do you know why I have come to you? So I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go, that prince of Greece will come too. But first, I will tell you what is written in the book of truth. No one supports me in this except for Michael, your prince. Here we discover that God was getting some things ready. And so this delay had to be dealt with in order to get things ready. Have you noticed today that many people don't really pay attention? Most people ascribe to the belief that seeing is believing. You know, what you see is what you get. In January of 2007, the Washington Post did an experiment to test what people see. So they arranged for a young man by the name of Joshua Bell to play music at the Washington, D.C. metro station. By most measures, he was a nondescript person, just wearing jeans, a long-sleeved t-shirt, and a Washington Nationals ball cap. From a small case, he removed a violin, placing the open case at his feet. He threw a few dollars in there and kind of seed money. And for the next 45 minutes, Bell played Mozart. And he played it beautifully. Thousands of people streamed by most hardly even taking any notice. Now, if they had paid attention, they might have recognized that young man for the world-renowned violinist that he was. They also might have noted the violin he played was a rare Stradivarius, worth over $3 million. You see, just three days earlier, Joshua Bell sold out Boston Symphony Hall with ordinary seats going for $100, And now he's in the subway. In that subway, Bell garnered about $32 from 27 people who stopped long enough to give an ovation. What we see is not always reality. The people at the subway station saw just another out-of-work musician playing for change. The reality was they were witnesses to a world-famous musician. Oh, how many times uh, are we given a word from the Lord But we're thinking it's only a word that is really not that important. And it kind of just falls off the back of our shoulders and and we pay no heed to it. And we miss an opportunity for having those aha moments. Daniel seized every moment that he could to be a recipient of God's word. Listen, sometimes it takes an audacious situation for us to have audacious prayer. Sometimes God allows us to go through some really trying times so that it will drive us to our knees. I want to encourage you today to have a burden to reach those who are lost, to become audacious in your prayer for the lost. Not too long ago, I asked my small group to give me a list of names of people that they would like to see saved. And so we put together an Excel spreadsheet, and and that spreadsheet now is eight pages long, uh, listing names of people that we love that we know that are family members or friends, people that are close to us, that we are really hoping will come to a saving knowledge of the Lord. Some of the people on that list are people that may have one time been a follower of Christ, but something happened and, and, and now they've kind of drifted away from their faith. And so we are praying for a time for them to be reconciled with the Lord, to come back to the Lord. We are praying fervently. 
because we know that days are short. Now, you may be listening to me today and say, well, I don't know that anyone's even interested in the spiritual things nowadays. I want you to remind people just how brief their lives are. You know, the Bible is very clear that it's appointed unto man once to die, after this, the judgment. Listen, life has got an end point to it. James says that our life is like a vapor that appears for a little while and then it's gone away. Life is very, very brief. Now, I never realized how short life is until I've turned well into my 50s. Now I realize how short life really is. I can't believe I'm already the age that I am. What has happened to my life? I was a young man yesterday and today I'm an old man. Remind people that life is brief. We're only on this planet for a very short time. Remind them also that life is very uncertain. Nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, So we're reminded to to don't brag about tomorrow. Don't boast about tomorrow because you don't know what a day is going to bring forth. James even drove home that point. He says, don't brag about what you're going to do as far as a business is concerned, that I'm going to go here and there and make money and all. He says, if the Lord wills, I'll go here and there. Life is short. Life is uncertain. But one thing you can count on, is that death is certain. Oh, it's appointed unto man once to die. After this, the judgment. We don't know what's going to be around the next band. We don't know what's going to happen to us, but we do know that life is short, life is uncertain, death is certain. One day we are going to die. I hope that you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, one day a guy came to Jesus, and as he came to Jesus, he He says, Lord, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus answered that man and says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you're born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. Well, this guy who was a teacher of the law, his name was Nicodemus. Nicodemus replied and he says, well, how can I be born when I'm old? Can I go into my mother's womb again, my mother's stomach again and be born? Well, Jesus had a response to that. And he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And as we think about this passage of how Jesus is dealing with this man, this man is helpless and and he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He is really ignorant. He can't understand spiritual things. He's blind and he cannot see and he's sinful. And because of that first birth, It's a rejected birth. And so Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. This man was depraved, and he needed that new birth. Listen, we were born in sin. So Jesus said, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. Listen, there's an audacious prayer that you can pray right now. The audacious prayer is this, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I have fallen short of your will for my life. I have missed the mark of perfection. I acknowledge I'm a sinner. I also know that Jesus loves me and he loves me unconditionally and he loves me so much that he died on the cross for me. And he didn't stay on that cross, but three days later, he rose again. I today am asking Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sins, to come into my heart, 
and I receive that gift of salvation. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you just prayed that audacious prayer, you are born again. You are my brother. You are my sister in Christ. I would love to celebrate with you. I would love to talk with you about what are the next steps in your life so that you can become a follower of Jesus Christ. Oh, I want to encourage you. Get into a good church. If you don't have a church home, come on out to Hickory Ridge Community Church at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Service times 9 or 1045 on Sunday morning. If I can help you, shoot me a text. If you just prayed that prayer, 252-267-2365. 252-267-2365. Just say, I prayed that prayer and I will get back to you just as quick as I can. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us today in the broadcast. I pray that you will experience audacious growth in your life as you pray audacious prayers in your life, as you have this audacious belief that God can use you beyond your wildest imaginations. Thank you so much for joining us today. If I can help you, 252-267-2365. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I look forward to speaking with you tomorrow. God bless you. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 1030 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.